are looking through the Word of God, there's something we should know. How mercy comes to some for hearts, His love and grace to show. The wonder of His matchless grace that He would let me see. I'm just an object of His love, why did He ransom me? What mercy to be called, those chosen may be few, before God's time has passed you by, may Christ the Lord spare you. We read where Jonah fled the Lord, and how the Lord spared him. There's Abraham and also Lot, and how the Lord saved him. Three Hebrew men were thrown inside a car that made men run. He spared all three from certain death, but not his sinless son. What mercy to be called, those chosen may be few, before God's son has passed you by. May Christ the Lord spare you. were not spared when sin had angered him. So why would he love you and me, though full of sin as been? He loves to save the fallen man, give a heart that's new, that he may show his mercy now that he has ransomed you. What mercy to be called, those chosen may be few, before God's time has passed you by, may Christ the Lord spare you. Every time Brother Hale sings, I marvel at the depth of spiritual understanding that he had and then to be able to put it into words and then to put it into music uh, we are so blessed to have uh, don't need somebody here to play the piano we've got Brother Hale <laughs> and uh, just recently we received a request from Minnesota a pastor up there in Minnesota uh, asked for Brother Hale's CDs, and I sent him uh, two, two sets, and I sent him two of the books, and we got a thank you back. Uh, wh what is amazing about this whole thing is that the person that asked for these uh, CDs of Brother Hale, his name is R. L. Shelton III. Now, we came up uh, under R.L. Shelton period, and uh, we knew R.L. Shelton II, and now we've got R.L. Shelton III, who uh, is a preacher up there in Minnesota somewhere, and uh, he wrote back and said they really are enjoying Brother Hale's song. So that's good. I hope they... Make copies uh, and um, make copies of the songbook and pass them out and sing them because 
There are no better songs to sing than Brother Hale's songs about Christ and his redemption. Well, this morning I know where we started. We were in Isaiah 43, so you want to turn there again? Now, this morning we had two scriptures to read, but this, tonight we're going to read three. We'll read verse 11 again. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Then we'll go to verse 14. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Now let's go to 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. You see, many times, even in Brother Hale's songs, he says, we never can figure out why did God choose me? Well, the answer was here in 25. He did it for his own sake. God does as he pleases. He is sovereign. If he wants to save some people out of a, a race of people that all deserve to go to hell, if he wants to show mercy to some, who's to stop him? And that's exactly what he's done for us, is to show us that he's loved us from eternity and came and died in our, and not just died in our place, but paid our sin debt. Him dying, giving his life and blood is sufficient for a believer to have a perfect righteousness because we trust in him. That's all God desires. What God requires and desires is for the sinner to believe his son, to come to God through Christ. Um, so amazing, the whole thing. So... In our last verse now, we just read once again, Isaiah 43:25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgression. That is so great. I could read that over and over and over. Why does he do it? For mine own sake. And, get this, sinner, will not remember thy sins. Wow. Again, a double confirmation that the mighty God can and does forgive sin it isn't like a judge deciding your case of a crime committed against someone else this is the eternal God creator of heaven and earth forgiving your rebellion your hatred to him your disregard for his word and your despising of his law you don't you don't go for his rules you don't you despise his rules now, original sin and actual sins, which are transgressions of the law of God, of which the law accuses, for which it pronounces guilty, curses, and uncondemns, these sins, which are contrary to the nature of God, strike at his deity, and they're abominable to him. You know, there's a scripture <laughs> that puts a lie to something going on in the religious world. You know the religious world says, oh, God uh, hates your sin, but he, he loves the sinner. God loves the sinner, but he hates his sin. Well, that's not in the Bible. Look at Psalm 5 and verse 5. Psalm 5, 5. Let's see, we've got to go back quite a bit here to get to Psalm 5. That's going to be on page, uh, hmm, it starts on the bottom of page 867. It says, The foolish shall not stand in thy sight, 
Now here it comes. Here's the kicker. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Now this is God's word. This isn't something I'm making up or trying to change things. The world's the one changing things. Daniel, God loves all everybody, but he hates their sin. No, he hates the sinner. And then in uh, chapter 7, starting on the same page, but over on the next page, verse 11. 7 and 11. Let's strike a bell to you. God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. Who are considered wicked? Any person and all persons who are not believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. So they are many and being against God are infinite and yet all are pardoned for Christ's sake. Pardon because paid for. There's no flexibility in the law of God. The rule that says the soul that sinneth shall die has no loopholes. Man has never ceased trying to invent a way around the law of God, but to no avail. Uh huh. Look at Ecclesiastes 7:29. Ecclesiastes 7:29. And that I'll give you the page on that one. On page 1017, verse 29. Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they've sought out many inventions. <laughs> Boy, can man ever come up with an invention? Well, it's not talking about your digital watch or the automobile or electric lights. It has to do with inventions having to do with eternal life. They don't like God's way. They don't like God's plan. So they're going to come up with, and almost every one of them has to have something that the sinner has to do. The sinner's got to do this. He's got to do that. He should do this, or he should join here, and he should, hey, man trying to invent and hating God's way of salvation. How is What's God's way? Well, it has to do with a substitute. The Lord Jesus Christ is a substitute redeemer of guilty sinners. And uh, only guilty sinners. That's what's amazing too. Let's look at Psalm 106, verse 29. Psalm 106, 29. We're still digging back there near the Psalms. Psalms 106, 29. So that's going to be on page 943. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions. <laughs> and the plague broke in upon them. You know, there's going to be a plague breaking in upon this country too. Believe it or not, when it happens, uh, just, just you know, be, be ready because it, it will happen. Now, there's only... One price required by God for the payment of sin or in order to have your sins forgiven and that is blood, pure, spotless, sinless blood. Now, the Bible gives us various descriptions of the importance of blood. One of them is Hebrews 9 and verse 22. Hebrews 9, 22 
And that's going to be on page uh, 1773, down in the bottom. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. All right, that's a good scripture. But what, what's, what, what blood of all the offerings of blood under the law is the only the one that counts? Well, we're told about it in 1 Peter 1 and verse 18. 1 Peter 1 and verse 18, page 1789, says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, so what's that mean? Well, that means people, the rich people thought they could kind of buy their way in, you know, buy the sacrifice. Um, you don't have to have any special one. They got them down there uh, hanging around the temple. Just go down there and purchase one, give it to the priest, tell them to put your name on it and kill it for you. Um, that's where the silver and gold come in. And then from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, there's lots of things and laws that they made up which would help a person get to heaven if they gave so much of this, if they did this thing, if they did that thing. He said, hey, there's only one way for the salvation of a soul. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ. That's it. That's the payment. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. If they were to stop there without explaining where that came from, but here's where it comes from. Verse 20. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Before the world was ever created, God planned that the second person of the Godhead, Christ himself, would become a person, the, second, the Son of God would become the Christ, would become a person having blood, which was the only blood ever available for the payment of sin. So it was from the foundation of the world was manifest in these last times for you. Amazing. The precious blood of Christ. The only payment for sin that God, will, that God requires. So God must provide that blood himself because it doesn't exist except in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you get the picture? Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the Savior. Jesus Christ is the Redeemer. Jesus Christ is God. And Jesus Christ is the Creator. His obedience to God's laws and His bloodshedding and death on the cross is a substitutionary sacrifice is why our verse says, He blots out our transgressions for His own name's sake. Why? Because Christ being God in the flesh paid our sin debt. Your sins, past, present, and future, were not just passed over as if you had never sinned. Past, present, and future. Listen, in the time that we live now, all of our sin was future. All of our sin was future when the Lord Jesus Christ died in our place, being our substitute, him knowing all about us, him being God, knowing every word we would ever speak or every thought we would ever think, 
and most of them were foolishness or vile or sinful or lustful, he knowing all about us still chose us. Well, you see, our sins were registered in a book and charged against us. And you and I have a balance sheet in God's record book. There's a difference, though, in some pages of that book. Some pages are blotted out. The figures are so blotted or covered that they can't be read. Now, who spilled the ink? It was Christ. You see, it was red ink, the blood of Christ. Look at Colossians 2, verse 13 and 14. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. Page 1738. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened. Okay, he gave life then to us who were dead. Together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. What's that? Like, for instance, the Ten Commandments. Start with number one. You broke it. Number two, you broke it. Number three, you broke it. You broke them all. But his blood blotted them out of our balance sheet. Blotted them out of our the book that uh, holds our record. This book was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Imagine how important that cross is to a believer. The Lord Jesus Christ became a curse for us on that cross. And being a curse because we were cursed not being able to keep the law, he paid our sin debt. Wow. Now, let's get back to uh, Isaiah 43 again, verse 25. God says he'll remember your sins no more. No more? Look at Psalm 103.12. Psalm 103.12. Oh, brother, this is a dandy. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I says, I remember your sins no more. But here's a little example. How far is the east from the west? Well, if you're talking about going in a straight line, they're going in two opposite directions. They shall never never meet they'll never be brought to remembrance again and as they keep going out into eternity they go further and further apart God says for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins (laughs) you see my sins haunt me because they justly deserve hell Your sins haunt you because they justly deserve hell. And why can't we forget them? 
because they're part of the terrible debt that we owe to our Savior. Look at 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20. Okay. It's page 1683. Verse 20 down there in the bottom of the page. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God owns our body. God owns our spirit. And God plants his spirit in us. God owns our souls. We know that from Ezekiel 18.4. So, you will be reminded all of your life that you are a sinner. And Christ is your Savior. And then it says our reasonable service is to sacrifice your life to him and for him. By sacrifice, I mean dedicate your life to him. Look at Romans 12 and verse 1. Romans 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable reasonable. How many people present their bodies a living sacrifice? That means no matter what, no matter what company you're in, are you afraid to mention the name of Christ? Do you ever in, a, in any of your associations talk about what Christ has done for you? Well, that would be presenting your body a living sacrifice because I tell you what, you're liable to get hit over the head. You're liable to get knocked down. You're liable to get run over. You're liable to be hated. You're liable to be laughed at. All of that's going to happen because the world and its people hate the Lord Jesus Christ. They hate everything about him. And if they can't get to him, they'll get to the believer. And that's you're going to read that over there in uh, the book of Acts. Paul... Uh, <laughs> suffering uh, because they couldn't get to Christ they hated everything they said about him so Paul would take the punishment time and time again kind of interesting and finally God tries to explain to his people what he means by not remembering our sins how does he explain that well let's look at Isaiah 44 verse 22 Isaiah 44 and verse 22. Got to turn the page from where we are. Page uh, 1084. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. Now let me read this again. I think I got it messed up. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins. I've blotted them out. Return unto me for I have redeemed thee. See, the first time I read it wrong. Uh, Micah 7 and verse 19. Jonah, Micah. 
Hosea, Jonah, Micah, Micah 7, it's on page 1366, verse 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast all their sins into the depth of the sea. You have no idea how deep parts of the ocean are, but we know from this oil spill we've just had in the Gulf that that was one mile down to the bottom. Just, And it's not the deepest part of the oceans. That's just this part of the Gulf. One mile. God said, that's where I'm going to cast all your sins. I'm going to cast them to the bottom and leave them there. Nobody's going to dive down to get them. Nobody's capable of doing that. In fact, they're hardly capable <laughs> of even plugging up this well that's been going on for so long. All right, now here's a wonderful, wonderful verse about God and His forgiveness. And it's in uh, Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 32, 1 and 2. On page 885. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now the covering of that sin has to be with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That blots out even the written ordinances against us. On our balance sheet, on our, in the record book, where it's written down that we have broke this, we've done that, we shows us guilty, guilty, guilty. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ blots that all out, whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man to, unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. In other words, God doesn't even record their sin. A believer then is going to always be a sinner, but it will not be recorded. It will not be held against him, because God will not impute that sin to you. Imputing it means to write it down to your account. Our sins as a believer have been written or imputed to the Lord Jesus Christ, changed over to his balance sheet and given to him to pay. And he voluntarily accepted it and he knows he has what it takes to pay for it, his blood, his life. And he called it the joy that was before him to give eternal life to sinners like you and me. Why would he love a person like me or a person like you? We will never understand except the way the Bible explains it. Even in our Isaiah 43:25, for mine own sake, God does as he pleases with his people. I, even I, am the Lord your Savior who blots out your sin and forgets them and gives you eternal life. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ invites sinners of any color, any language, any sex, whatever they are, what I mean by that, boy or girl, male or female. Let's show you just one of these invitations. It's in Matthew 11. It's in Matthew 11 and verse 28. 
it's on page 1422. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, the awakened sinner just about wears himself out trying to prepare himself enough that God will save him. And all our Lord says is, just come to me. Come to me like you are. All ye that labor in heaven, you're still laboring. You're still, come to him even laboring. He said, I'll give you rest. And that rest is so wonderful because it's like taking the burden of big old sack off of your back. You carry it around like the kids do these book bags. So heavy some of these kids can't hardly walk. But in Pilgrim's Progress, Pilgrim himself had a uh, load on his back. He had one of these backpacks. And when he came to Calvary's cross, that backpack fell off. He saw the Lord Jesus Christ crucified for him. Uh, that's just one of the invitations. And then here's our last scripture for the day. It's in John 6:37. John 6:37. It's on page uh, 1566. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Now we read it slow like that because that's a wonderful thought to start with. The Father gave him a people. So he's talking about those people. He's talking about millions of people the Father gave him. And they shall come to him. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about him going to make it. They shall come. And him that cometh to me, I'll in no wise cast out. So all of these given to him who shall come in their own time frame are going to be sinners, are going to be guilty sinners. And some of them with a past life of sin that just terribly besets them constantly, he says, hey, that's no deterrent from coming. Just come to me and I won't cast you out. Big sinners, little sinners, all kinds of sinners, because everybody's a sinner deserving of eternal punishment. Just come to him. Come to him as a guilty sinner. Come to him as a needy sinner. Come to him asking for mercy. Don't make any difference how you come. long as you come, come to Christ and receive eternal life. Oh my goodness. Then there's a whole package of things that goes along with believing in Christ. One of the things is the promise of a new body, a new body like unto his glorious body that we'll have throughout eternity, just never sinning and enjoying every moment in eternity with him. Let's bow our heads. Father, again, we thank you and praise you for thy goodness and mercy and ask that thou will bless this people. We poured out our heart to them and we, we just don't know what else to say. We know that thy spirit can take one word home to a heart of a sinner, turn them around, clean up their life, give them Christ for their eternal security. Oh, we just praise you and thank you for thy work.
here amongst our small congregation. And again, we want you to remember our sick ones. And we'll just head the list with Mrs. Nortier, with Kevin and Miss Fanny, and uh, Miss Weta and Miss Connie. Uh, Lord, look in upon our people. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.